Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Molly Link. Molly, how are you doing? Pretty good. Better than expected when I woke up this morning, so well, that's good. Thank you for walking all the way across the hall to do this, because you are my newest, I think, co-worker, or one of my newest co-workers. Mm-hmm. How has your time at Asher been so far? It's been amazing, overwhelming in all of the good ways. Okay. Yeah. All right. Learning a ton. Didn't really know a lot about Asher even when I started here. So, yeah, continuing to learn that, learn the people, learn the clients, learn, you know, the expanded kind of capabilities from my previous careers, all that good stuff. Yeah, it can sometimes be a mystery because we're going to get into your career path and some of the other places you've worked. But you worked in the same industry. But sometimes other businesses can be a mystery. Mm -hmm. You know a few people, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes who you don't talk to. I almost knocked over my water yeah. bottle. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. I'm making noise already. I'm getting very excited. So let's talk about your career path. Did you grow up in Fort Wayne? I did. Okay. So growing up in Fort Wayne, what part of Fort Wayne did you grow up in? On the northwest side, mostly. Okay. All right. So as you are growing up and you are thinking about career stuff, when does that happen and what are your first thoughts And do you stay on that path or do you take twists and turns along the way? Yeah, no. Does anybody stay on the path of when they're... (laughs) All I can speak for is me and definitely not. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, no. um, I don't even know. Like younger growing up, typical, I think I want to be a teacher. That quickly turned into a no. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in high school I was more interested in maybe I want to be a lawyer or do something in criminal justice. So... I don't really know why, other mm-hmm. than those are the things, you know, you're exposed to as yeah. a potential They sound path. like jobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. started down that path. Um, I went to college kind of as a traditional student mm-hmm. right out of high school. And then about a year later, I messed up one of my classes, failed it, lost my financial aid. Oh, wow. Stopped going to school. Okay. Like, I'll fix that, go back next year, and then that didn't happen. Okay, yeah. (laughs) So fast forward about 10 years Mm -hmm. later, Mm -hmm. um, I had two little girls, uh, became a single parent, was making like $30,000 a year, and Mm -hmm. was like, well, this isn't going to work. So went back to school at that point, had a little bit better idea of some routes I wanted to go, some experience I had had a little bit more professionally. Um, So I started off as a communication major, Mm -hmm. thought I wanted to focus in PR. And where did you go to school? Um, Locally here at, at the time it was IPFW, Purdue degree. Yeah, Yeah. through the comm department there. Um, And that was really just like the best experience. Mm -hmm. I really found a home um, in the comm department, in the professors that were there, and just, you know, helping me feel like I was smart Mm -hmm. and capable and giving me some options of, you know, what I could do with that. And you're doing this while being a single mom and while working? Yes. yes, Wow. Both. Yeah. I worked usually like part-time while I went to school full-time. Wow. And my daughters were really young. They were like four and one. So how did you do that? (laughs) Uh, Lots of school debt. So yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm part of that statistic now, I guess. But the financial part even though that's difficult, sounds to me like the easiest part just from a time management standpoint. You know, people at the time and now um, will often ask that, like, how do you do that? I don't know. I just did. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you just do in those situations, you know, Um, when you feel like you have to get something done, or at least that's the kind of person I am, somehow you just manage to get it done. The girls were 
um, really little. And so they were already in like daycare mm-hmm. full time. So I would try to go to school yeah. and work during the day when they were, you know, at school and then hang with them in the evening and then do homework nights and weekends and in pockets around yeah. that. Um, had some good support from my family yeah. and, you know, my parents and things like that. And so, yeah, just somehow was able to get that done. Um, I finished my undergrad in three years um, with communication and a minor in um, media and public relations. And then um, that was in 2009. Mm -hmm. So um, the economy was not great at that time to be getting a job. And I was kind of out of balance because prior to finishing my degree, I had been an administrative assistant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now I had this degree, but not a lot of kind of the, the real world experience or business experience to align with it. Um, and so I had trouble in a bad market to begin with yeah. finding yeah. a job. And you didn't want to pay all that money and spend all that time to do what you had already been doing. You wanted yeah. to do something different. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you get your first opportunity that sets you on the path that you're now on? Um, so at that time, not really being able to find a full-time, long-term position – I went to grad school. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so I also did my master's degree um, through IPFW, yep. um, also in communication. And then during the that like year and a half when I was finishing the grad program, I connected. Somehow the folks at United Way had my resume, mm-hmm. and so they asked me to come in and help part-time yep. um, during like fundraising heavy season. And so I did that, and then they asked me to come back and plan um, Day of Caring, which is an annual huge community event for United Way. So I did that. And then finally, at that point, there was a full-time position. It just kind of rolled mm-hmm. into that. Okay. And so I grew my career early on there, mm-hmm. um, eventually working in the communication and marketing mm-hmm. leg of that, even though I started off in resource development. Um, and then from there, kind of transitioned full-fledged into marketing, into the agency world. Okay. So I, I think that's I, – I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that's an important story for people to hear, especially younger people, because so many times they'll look at where you are today and say, well, Molly's a VP at an agency. She's a big <laughs> deal. She must have always been a big deal. But most of us, myself very much included, it takes a while to get on the path. Yeah. Um, sounds like for you it was at least 10 years post-high school mm-hmm. to really get started toward where you are today. And for me, you know, I I was at least five years out of college before I could claim any marketing responsibility, and it was very minor for a long time. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, like like anyone who has any degree of success, it definitely is not overnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes time yeah. and hard work. So talk about, um, were you just at one agency prior to Asher, or were you at several? I was just at one. Just at one. All right. So what were you doing and how did you grow with that business? Yeah. So actually, when I was finishing my undergrad, I did a part-time stint locally here at Catalyst Marketing Design, which is another Mm -hmm. um, locally founded agency in town. Um, And then I think I came back another time in between there to just help out with some stuff. And they ended up having an opening after I was a couple of years into my career. And so I made the leap over there at that point um, and actually started more in like a production area of the agency, was terrible at it, hated it. I think they hated me doing it, <laughs> um, but but they had some turnover in their account mm-hmm. um, team. And so I shifted over there and started off just assisting with their kind of biggest, longest term mm-hmm. client that they had. And that really 
was where I found my niche, yeah. where I found my home, and just kind of grew up through the ranks there mm-hmm. um, pretty quickly over the course of a year or two um, into a similar director VP of mm-hmm. accounts yeah. role there. So yeah. what did you find that you liked about the account side of the business? Um, I really love to problem solve. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to help people, whether that's clients or my team. I love to help, you know, to manage a team yeah. um, and help grow them. And so just the more opportunities I had to do those things, like I said, I really found my niche um, and and what I was not only good at, but also enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know, well, it's sure. it's definitely a role where you do get to do a lot of problem solving. Uh-huh. Um, sometimes <laughs> the good kind of problem solving and the not good problem solving. And you definitely can have days where you feel like, oh, I helped. I helped people get the job done, whether yeah. that's the internal team or the client. So how did you talk a little bit, and only share what you're comfortable sharing, <laughs> about how you ended up here at Asher? Because we actually talked to you twice before you decided yeah. that you were going to come join us. So yeah. how did all that work? And I, again, share only what you're comfortable sharing. Sure, no problem. I, I mean, I'm comfortable sharing anything. But right. Well, I'll um, use that to my advantage over the next 20 minutes or so. Okay. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. There you go. Um, yeah, I actually had a couple of maybe kind of going to meet with um, before those two times. Oh, really? Even. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was a, a former employer of Asher um, tried to connect me with Kara Kelly, our president mm-hmm. here at mm-hmm. Asher. Um, I think in like 2019, early 2020, um, just a bit before the pandemic, but things were crazy here with business. There was a lot of different client dynamics happening yep. Yep. as well as, you know, Kara taking over the role as president and it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to um, like January of this year, the the same friend was like, hey, you should mm-hmm. grab coffee with Kara. And I was like, okay, I really wasn't that interested. Yeah. I was meeting um, with Kara because I'd heard wonderful things about mm-hmm. her. And, and you're not interested because too. you're happy in your position. Yeah. I really wasn't. Yeah openly looking for another role, Mm -hmm. nor did I think I probably wanted to go to another agency. Mm -hmm. Um, Knew I wanted to stay in Fort Wayne. I thought maybe it would be cool to be like the internal marketing person for, you know, a larger company or something like that if I was going to leave. But um, yeah, wasn't really looking to go to another agency. And then I had coffee with Kara um, just to meet her and kind of do this favor for my friend and to always keep your door open, you know. And um, kind of fell in love with Kara. Mm-hmm. And we just really hit it off right away yeah. and um, just had some really great conversations where I felt we were very aligned in our approaches to work and the world and our team and, you know, things like that. So it was just really refreshing to talk with her. And I think sometimes, um, you know, looking back on it now, you don't necessarily even know what you're missing mm-hmm. until you have it. Yeah, sure. And so and so having some of that like-minded thinking and some of those conversations with her, I didn't realize that I was kind of searching for that yeah. um, in my career. And, you know, again, coming out of the pandemic where so much had changed and sure. early work had changed and all of those good things. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's the best possible position to be in when you are in a job that you're happy with, but you have other opportunities. You can always say no and say, I'm going to stay where I am. But sometimes you learn things that make you say, I'm going to try something new. Um, and you've been trying something new now for a few months. So talk about your role at Asher, what you're involved in, 
and how you've been spending your time other than learning how you need to spend your time. <laughs> yeah, that's mostly that. I'm not sure I know completely my role at Asher yet. But yeah, so I my title, I guess, is Director of Account Service. Um, and I am basically here to help oversee our account executive team, help manage, you know, all of those client relationships and really help mentor and support our team that's responsible for kind of those front lines. Um, so learning who that is, our internal team, learning, um, you know, the client list and, and what all we provide. And then beyond that, um, this is such a large agency on both the client side and the employee side, at least from my experience. So learning our full capabilities um, and everything that we do as an organization, um, all of those things right now, also supporting like our business development efforts and onboarding new clients and, you know, working when we do have some, you know, issues that we have to overcome, internal, external, whatever, um, just again, helping to problem solve those things and yeah. So, and you're helping with operations. Mm-hmm. Tell the world what that means <laughs> and what that involves, because I, I look at the agency world and the feat of trying to get everyone on the same page, and it's pretty daunting. So, yeah. so what what's the task, and how are you approaching that? Yeah, I actually really love that part of it, and it's funny because as I've become a little more seasoned in my career. Um, I think I enjoy that part of it even more than the marketing part of it per se. And so this is a really good home for me because we have so many experts on the team that like I can kick it to somebody else yeah. to actually <laughs> figure out, you know, some of the, the tactics and the marketing and the strategy and all those types of things and focus a little bit more on operations and how to, again, I help support the team, help manage them, help mentor them, help problem solve different things, um, kick things around, make sure all the clients are satisfied um, and then on top of that, there are things like how are we best using our resources to, you know, manage workloads and, you know, things of that nature, whether it's certain platforms that we're using or how we're using those things, um, how often we're meeting, what are we talking about, is everybody in the loop on things. So um, it's really a variety of different yeah, duties, so, so to speak. So all the things that kind of run in the background yeah. that allow for hopefully some efficiencies and allow for people to, when they're in front of clients and when they're doing client work, to really focus on that and not worry about the way it gets done so much as yeah. coming up with smart ideas. You said it so much more eloquently than I did. <laughs> I just came up with that. <laughs> we recorded this right, Nick, so I can I can use that later. Okay, I can remember what I said. <laughs> so has there anything, is there anything that's been a surprise about your time here, and that could be, this is wonderful, or I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Again, <laughs> share only what you're comfortable sharing. But what are some of the surprises? Sure. Been? Um, yeah, I've been surprised by a ton. I've been surprised um, by the sheer amount of work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the number of people that work for Asher Agency, as well as the number of clients we serve, the amount of work that we, um, you know, kind of push through the agency. Um, I've been really impressed with our team. And again, the number of experts we have. And, you know, I, I knew a few things that I feel like the community in general knows about Asher, like some of the PR stuff that we've done mm-hmm. for many, many years, some of the bigger, longer clients that we've had. But to really be 
um, on the inside and have a more full scope picture of everything we do has been really surprising to me. Also, um, one of the biggest kind of surprises, encouraging things is just that everybody actually really likes each other. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not that I haven't experienced that before, but there's a lot of us here. Yeah. You know, and so early on, I think I was not even a month in, we had a staff retreat, a full day staff retreat. Mm -hmm. And um, this is going to sound silly, but on my way home, I was almost in tears because it was just such a lovely day of just engagement. And, And there were some even tough conversations that we had at that retreat, Yeah, you know, of things different departments felt like they needed or weren't getting or wanted more of or whatever. Um, But by and large, like, everybody was just so supportive and just really open to those conversations. And so the culture here has just been surprising in all of the good ways. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that because you can get very myopic based on your own experience. But I tell people all the time, you know, in in 2022, uh, one of the best things about my work life is that anyone who would ask me to go to lunch or I would ask to go to lunch, anyone who would stop in my office, it's all welcome. It's there, There's literally no toxicity. And then it gets me wondering, like, am I the toxic person? <laughs> am I the problem? Because I don't have a problem you with You don't know. Else. You are the one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but no, it's pretty unique. And, and I've had experiences where that was really bad in past jobs. And I've had experiences where it was pretty light. But it's never a good thing. And here it's kind of like we just, we're either really lucky or there's something here that avoids that. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear you say that because that has been my experience. And one of the reasons I've been here for so long. Yeah. So hopefully you will continue to have that experience. Yeah. So let's pivot to what I call the speed round of the show. Okay. Because you've done some pretty great things in terms of getting on a path, staying on a path, taking some chances. In all that, what have you learned about careers in terms of what does it take to have a fulfilling career? What does it take to be successful in your career? If you had to put that into a pithy statement, what would that statement be? Oh, gosh. To have, to have a successful career. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are like, you know, find what you love and do that. And I don't know that I necessarily followed that path, but throughout my career, I have found things that I do love, things that I'm good at, mm-hmm. and how to kind of follow that along my journey. Like I said, you know, now I'm a little bit more focused on mentoring, on operations, mm-hmm. on some of those things than specifically coming up with marketing strategies. And for me, that's enjoyable mm-hmm. um, and what I like to do. So, yeah, I think that's kind of the been the biggest thing is being open to opportunities, but also trying to like zero in and navigate according to what I prefer and what I'm good at and, you know, the strengths that I bring to the table. Now, are your kids at an age where are they still listening to your advice or have they started rejecting your advice? Okay. What do you mean? Still. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my kids are currently 17 and 20. Okay. So so you're probably having at least uh, one-sided, hopefully sometimes, dialogue (laughs) conversations with them about this stuff. Is there anything else you share with them like, hey, when you're – thinking about your career, here's something to think about. Anything you'd add to that? Yeah. I mean, I feel like especially, so my 17-year-old is a senior in high school. She thinks she knows exactly what she wants to do and in the medical field. And if she's listening, she she does know exactly what she wants to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So supporting her in that and helping her navigate that, you know, again, because she's a senior, she's doing some internships and already kind of finding out what she does and doesn't like about that. So helping her with some of those opportunities to explore a little Mm -hmm. bit. 
And then my 20-year-old is like, I don't know what I want to do. I just want to hang out and, you know, have fun. And and it's like, yeah, cool. So let's figure out what is the path to do that and helping reassure her that, like, you're 20, nobody knows. Yeah what they or very few people know yeah you know what they want to do and even those people may not stick with that and that's yeah. okay yeah you know so again helping to navigate what does that look like and yeah well it's you know the the big myth is that when you start college it's the beginning of the career path you'll be in for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and it's really the beginning of exploration yeah um, for a lot of people there's some exceptions to that but it was true for me. It sounds like it was true for you, and it's true for most people I know. Yeah, for sure. We are we are inadequately prepared for the rest of our life when we hit college, and college is in part about figuring that out yeah. and trying things out. All right, second speed round question. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Oh, no. No, I, I studied up. I want to make sure you're, you're on your feet here. So um, I usually ask people about a myth or misconception about their organization or something that they think deserves to be better known. But we talk about Asher on this podcast all the time because sure. it's the Asher podcast and we don't yeah. we don't need to do more of that. You have a, a unique experience. I don't want to say it's a unique experience, but you have an experience that's probably relatable to a lot of people being a working parent with kids who have needs. What's a myth or misconception about that? Like what's something that either you don't believe is true that is widely held or you think is maybe a good thing in all the challenges that come with that. Yeah. Um, See, I told you I was going to throw you a curveball. You really did throw yeah. me a curveball. <laughs> um, you know, to me, it's it's I've predominantly been a, a single parent, like I said, since they were like four and one. So yeah. it's kind of like what we know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cool now yeah. that they're 20 and 17. Yeah. Um, they're obviously much more self-sufficient and independent and, you know, put away the dishes for me sometimes and all that good stuff. But yeah, it's it's what we've known. It's what I've always done. I've certainly had some help, with, you mm-hmm. know, from family and friends along the way. But I've also been fortunate to have employers and jobs that have been really supportive of that. So I've been able to be flexible. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like we're going more and more into that yeah. now, like that, you know, people say the work-life balance. Um, but I think more companies are open to that mm-hmm. um, and trying to figure out how to be competitive um, in the employment landscape for that. And I'm also at a point in my career where, like, that's something that I talked about before I came over here. Like, this is really important to me. And it's my daughter's senior year, and she has volleyball yeah. games, and I I can't miss anything, you yeah. know. So being able to be at a point, too, when I can kind of make some of those calls myself. Yeah, and, and it's something that you mentioned a competitive advantage, and I think that's forcing a lot of companies into it. But it seems like a lot of employers are just starting to get it and saying, you know, people have lives outside of work. Yeah. If we can't accommodate that, they're not going to be as happy and productive and they're probably going to go somewhere else. You know, I, I've really loved the fact that Asher's kind of always been that way but has been even more so since the pandemic. I, I always say that, you know, with, with the flexibility we have here, it's not, it's not unlimited, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a place where everybody works hard and if you don't, you're probably not going to last very long. But – if you get the job done, you can get it done in a lot of different ways. I always feel like I've won my professional life when I get to be in car line for the eight-year-old that's in my <laughs> life. It's like, okay, this is good. This yep. is how it should be, and that feels really good, and yeah. I wish everyone had that, but it's 
really, you know, something that I don't think you can stress enough how much of an advantage that is. Yeah. My daughter just wrapped up her um, varsity year playing volleyball. She started playing volleyball, I think, in fifth grade. And I've literally never missed a game. Wow. Never. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, that's able. Yeah. I've been able to balance that. Yeah. You know, with, with my work life to just always be at everything. I don't think everybody is that fortunate. I luckily have been. And again, it's just, it's kind of what we've done in yeah. my household. Well, know, that's great. My girls. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Well, well, congratulations. That's Thank a great you. thing to be able to say. Yeah. All right. One last, maybe, well, before I get to the last question, was there something you prepared that you're going to say no. in answer to the question that I was going to ask you? No, I think I've already expressed, yeah, um, how fortunate I, I feel to be here. And, um, you know, I just really love the collaboration of our team. That's been huge um, for me and and just to be able to, rely on them. And, you know, we worked on um, a presentation the other day and I just was like, y'all are so smart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it just was a lot of fun to watch people do their expert thing. And yeah, it was, it was really, I don't know if it's because only just because I've gotten older and mellowed out a lot, ask some of the people who've been here a long time, but um, (laughs) it's also, there was this moment like a few years ago, I was like, everybody else has this. It's mm-hmm. like you can just do the thing you need to do. Yeah. Don't duplicate it. Yeah. Um, and that's really great. And yeah. it's it's literally a place where, you know, I I often I often quote the quote that's probably overquoted in you never want to be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> I am never the smartest person in the room here. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. I was gonna say I don't enjoy yeah. feeling like I'm the smartest person in the room. I genuinely don't. And here I definitely don't. Well, feel that absolutely way. if there is more than me in the room. <laughs> that I'm not the smartest person in the room. And sometimes yeah. when I'm by myself, I'm still not the smartest person in the room. So yeah. it's it's a great place to be to learn from other people. And there are, there are times I've had that experience where I'm just kind of like watching someone trying not to reveal to a client or prospect how I'm like wowed by them. It's yeah. like, oh, this happens all the time. But there are some really amazing smart people here and they just kind of do what they do without a lot of fanfare, which is pretty great. Yeah. Except that everybody is also really good at like our team shout outs and stuff too. Yeah. Everybody's really good about recognizing, you know, the strengths that other people bring to the table or when they step into a hairy situation or whatever that is too. There's there's a lot of love at Asher. Well, and there's a lot of, there's, this is going to turn into the, the, the appreciation of Asher show. So we've lost half of our listeners. Make sure Kara listens. That's right. Yeah. Make sure Kara. (laughs) Um, But uh, where was I going with my next statement? I don't know. I forgot. There's a lot of love at Asher. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> you know, one of the things, oh, it's like you have people who have like these hidden talents. And the interesting thing is while we're all in the same industry, you get a lot of different personalities. There's people yeah. who are super quiet. And then it's like you work with them on a project and it's like, you've known this all along. You're yeah. a genius. Yeah. And they just have, you know, multiple skills. But it it isn't always the loudest person in the room. Um, it's not always the person who needs all the attention. But they just kind of quietly do great things in the background. That's really great. Yeah. I think that that is an interesting side of it too because while we do have, you know, specific experts at the agency on different topics, there is a lot of crossover you know, where people um, understand multiple areas or have experience and, you know, can bring those different things to the table too. So it's not siloed in that we can only go to this person for this thing, um, you know, but but we we kind of have the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. One last speed round question. Okay. So, and this is, I'm going to put the pressure on you as an operations person. (laughs) 
but feel free to reject that pressure. So mm-hmm. um, I, I ask people on this podcast, what's a, a tool, a trip, a trip, a trick, a tip, a hack, something that you use in your work life that is really important to you. Now, it doesn't have to be anything that's super esoteric. It could be something common. But what's something you really rely on that you think deserves a shout-out of its own? Yeah. One of the things that I most often share with people is so simple. It's it's called the Microsoft To-Do List. It's like an okay. app. Mm-hmm. And you literally just have a bunch of to-do lists. Huh. So, <laughs> so I have one for work, and every time I'm supposed to add something to that, like I do, I live by this thing, even huh. if it's like... I emailed Anthony today. If he doesn't get back to me by next Monday, I need to follow up with him. I put that on my list because otherwise I'll forget. Anthony will forget. Yes, <laughs> Anthony know? will definitely forget. <laughs> is this tasks that's built into Outlook or is this different? It's an app, and so I have huh. it on my phone okay. as well as my computer, and okay. it syncs. All right. I'll show it to you later. Um, and so, yeah, like, you know, when you're laying in bed and can't fall asleep and you're like, oh, I need to remember yeah. to follow up with Anthony on that. I put it on my list, and then when I get to work, it's yep. on my computer list yeah. too. I can also keep my target list on there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and you know, the there's no one right tool for that. But I love mm. that. I love talking about the fact that it syncs and the fact that it's inclusive of work and personal. Yeah, because I do that too, and I think a lot of people artificially. Well, I've got a list for home, and I've got a list for work. Yeah, going back to what we discussed earlier, that's blown up. You're, you know, there's times when during your workday you're going to handle personal stuff. There's a lot of times during your personal life you're going to handle work stuff. And it's nice to be able to look at one list and say, what's the most important thing I need to focus on, whether it's daughter's volleyball game or client priority. Yeah. Um, I think it's really helpful to have that be synced, have it be electronic, sorry, pen and paper people, <laughs> and also something that is all-encompassing of your life. Um, I, I'm a total to-do list nerd, so I would love to see that in action and get a feel for it. <laughs> I am too. And I tried a lot of different systems as my career grew, like, okay, I'll try to keep this list in, um, you know, the notes app on, yeah. you know, Apple, or I tried an Excel spreadsheet or, you know, like all these different things. And then somehow I stumbled across somebody else, you know, smarter than me probably told me about it. And it's, I've used it for years and years and years. And really? I have multiple lists in it. Yeah. I have my work list. Like I said, my target list. If I'm going on vacation, I'll have a packing yep. list. Yep. Yeah, I'm big on <laughs> checklists too. Uh-huh. And, and it makes a little noise when you check it off. Oh, that's Very nice. Satisfying. That's nice. I'm going to have to try it just for that. <laughs> yeah, for a long time, Evernote was my to-do list. Mm-hmm. And I had come up with this really complex way of making it work. <laughs> and it all hinged on the ability to be able to sort alphabetically by tags. Mm-hmm. And then Evernote, Evernote stopped letting that happen. Yeah. And I was like, my whole to-do list is broken. I can't yeah. do this anymore. I so, think I tried Evernote once upon a time too. And I don't remember why I abandoned it. Yeah. it It's one of those things where what I've heard is if you, it works really well if you use it for everything. Mm-hmm. Like I use it as a CRM. I use it for checklists. Yeah. I use it for notes. I used to use it for a to-do list. And now I use, there was a book I read called Personal Kanban, mm-hmm. which is basically a big spreadsheet where you have like, here's what I'm working on today. Here's what's this week. That's worked really well for me. Mm-hmm. But 
the secret is it doesn't really matter as long as it works for you. Yeah. Um, but there's there's potentially a better mousetrap out there, and it sounds like this might be that. So well, I'm going to have to take a yeah, look at it. Yeah, I'll show it to you. Well, cool. Well, I have learned something new today, at least one go. thing. Well, Molly, thank you so much for doing this, and thank you very much for joining us at Asher. You've been a great addition. Thank a, you. A great start for you, and hopefully it leads to a long and happy career here at Asher. I agree. Could not agree more. Let's end on that happy note, shall we? <laughs> yep, thanks. Well, thanks, Molly, and thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then. <laughs> <laughs>